Okay, so uh, first let me uh, get get some review uh, get introduce some background knowledge. Um, first is the protein ligand modeling, and as as you know that predict predict predicting the strength of a candidate drug, a drug molecule's interaction with a target protein is a challenge but crucial task for drug discovery applications. In order to represent rep represent them, there are several choices. For example, the road dimensional representations such as linear sequences uh, is 1D or chemical bound graphs is two-dimensional or some more advanced uh, representations such as consider uh, considering the 3D positions of the component atoms allows for better modeling of 3D shape. Uh, so um, today's today's topic focused on the deep learning side. So um, we we mainly take um, re review take review of the deep learning models, and it, it, they can be roughly divided into three categories. First is the sequence based modeling, including the deep DTA, the protochains. Um, for deep DTA, you just feed feed the smiles of small molecules and sequence the residual sequence of sequences of proteins into convolutional neural networks. Then you concatenate the, the representations and feed them, forward them into a, a multi-layer perceptions to predict some uh, properties, right? And the protochains former just uh, is based on the, uh, on, based on the popular transformer architecture. So uh, they use the self-attention mechanisms to capture the interactions. For sequence-based models, their strength is obvious because the protein sequences are very ab are abandoned. There are more than billions of protein sequences, so you can extract meaningful semantics for yourself that supervise the learning, right? But for weaknesses, they fear to make full use of the explicit geometric information, right? So a more advanced choice is to use the structure-based modeling, such as the graph factor perception, GM, or 3D, 3D convolutional neural network. The, their strength is also uh, maybe lies in that they, they are capable to capture geometric interactions, but their, their weakness is the, the structure data is limited. Their, their data sets cannot be very large, right? So uh, uh, another interesting uh, line of research is uh, the hybrid modeling. They use such as the holoprotein. They use both the surface and the structure to build graphs and and predict some some interesting uh, fitnesses or proteins or binding affinities. Uh, use this hi hi hybrid hybrid representations. So um, now let's go to the motivations of our our work. Uh, as biological, the latest biological discovery find that the initial lock and key theory of ligand binding is no longer applicable. Instead, the process of a receptor accommodating a small molecule has been shown to be highly dynamic and time independent. As you can see in the left figure, the lock and key theory assumes that the protein and the ligand does not change during the binding, binding proce process. However, this is not true. Both the ligand and the, the protein undergo some conformational change during the binding procedure. However, prior deep learning studies merely focus on a single stable and static complexes structures. They do not consider the time-dependent mobility. 
so how how to capture how to capture the time dependent time dependent flexibility? The molecular dynamic simulations is a very good option. Um, and as you as we can see that watching the motions of individual atoms and perceiving them in a desired fashion is experimentally difficult. You must pay you must pay lots of labors or monies to to experimentally de de determine the the binding process, right? An attractive alternative is to work with the computer simulations over of the relevant biomolecules. Bio and MD simulations seek to approximate atomic motions by Newtonian physics to reduce needed human labors. They predict how every atom in a molecule system moves over time based on a general model of the physics governing interatomic interactions. They can also be used to incorporate flexibility into docking calculations. Uh, so what, what, what's, the, what's the aim of MD simulations? There are three aspects, majorly. Uh, first is to study conformation flexibility and stability. That is what we use in this work. But apart from that, you can also observe response following controlled change to system, right? And you can also observe a dynamic process over time. That is called the initial MD molecular dynamics. Um, apparently, initial MD takes much longer time than, than the first two ones than just a study conformation of flexibility because you need to start from the very beginning and and run the whole process right so um however no existing work have proposed to equip deep learning models with md simulations for, for more powerful capability in drug binding problems and that's that is our uh contributions uh so if, if we have the MD data, how to use it? The a naive, a naive uh, way is to use the self-supervised learning. But if you think about that, um, the cost of MD simulations is prohibitively high with the growing size. And as a consequence, a completely supervised paradigm of training and inference on MD's tra trajectories is invisible. Uh, in other words, that you can train your model on the MD simulation trajectories in MD data, but when a new sample comes, how, how can you deal with this new sample? You have to, if you use the self-supervised learning mechanisms, you have to run the MD simulations of the new sample, right? So this is invisible. You cannot, when, when a new sample comes, you can, you can, you, you, you should always run this and it is cost, costly. So um, as a remedy, we use the self-supervised learning to endow the, the model with the capability to capture the time-dependent flexibility. Um, and how to decide these bridging tasks? We have three uh, standard goals. First, the prediction task is reliable and easy to get. That, that is intuitive. And the second is that the predict target should re reflect the temporal information within MD trajectories and is relevant to the drug mining. And the last, learn the representations by uh, from um, through this training talks should be diverse and distinguishable. So let's review some uh, protein self-supervised learning methods. Uh, and here I just I, I um like before I I um I classify them into sequence-based structures and some other based uh, other based training. The sequence-based 
uh, researchers can naturally uh, can very easily borrow the idea from natural language processing, like, like the mask language modeling. You mask one verse, you mask one residue, and you ask the model to predict the masked, masked one, right? And there are very, very uh, famous famous uh, models like TIFF, uh, the, the evolutional scary modeling, ESM, protochains, and et cetera. And for the structure-based pre-training, the contrastive learning proposed by Kermosler, uh, Rob Pisky. Um, the, the, the idea is very, very simple. You just pick the substructures from the same, you regard the substructures from the same protein as the positive pair. And uh, substructures from other protein is, is treated as negative pair. So you do the contrastive learning. And the self-prediction, oh, sorry, there is, this is, this is incorrect. Uh, it, it, this is paper from John, and where we published that a clear, a clear twenty twenty three. And this problem, um, this, this 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 training mechanism is that you you ask a model to predict uh, some residual type. You the the edges, the distance, the angles, the dihedral angles. If you did did not give this information to the model, so it's called the self prediction. And some score based pre training. Now, the idea is followed from the denoising diffusion uh, probabilistic modeling that is very hot in computer vision, the generation of uh, some images, the generation of uh, giving a caption and your generation uh, images, right? And just uh, the, the target, uh, target network is serve, serves as the score network and, and you do the pre-training. So uh, very uh, in, in context, in contrast, to all above mentioned mechanisms, our pre-training is a spatial temporal pre-training. Okay, uh, so let me uh, take, give you an overview of our model and left is the uh, overview figure. And just to give you some notation and symbols. First, we, we do the MD trajectories using some software and we get the trajectories, um, uh, which consists of Ligand graph and the receptor graph from uh, from t equals to one to t of uh, two equals to t upper upcase. And in at each time step, you have the atom level, uh, atom graph of the ligand ligand graph and the receptor graph. Each graph have nodes and edges. Besides that, you also have the edges between the ligand and the receptor. And each node has the Coordinates, 3D coordinates, and the rotate translational invariant features, right? That that that, that is uh very the basics of uh graph neural networks. And then we decide the first task is the future conformation prediction. The core idea is that we use the conformation of the next time frame as the target, and the models are required to forecast this prospective position. Uh, the idea is simple, but we make some uh, some key uh, innovations to make this uh, innovations on this on this task. The first is that we assume the Markov property. The Markov property on biomolecule conformation dynamics is assumed for ease of representation. We hypothesize that conformation at the next time step only depends on its last time step. So the loss. Um, the loss is represented here. The condition is uh, changed from the all previously conformation to only the pre the conformation at the last time step. 
besides that, we proposed a uh, prompt guidance. Um, as you can imagine, the conformation change between adjacent time steps is relatively small. And long-term trajectories contain more dramatic information of complex flexibility. To this end, we desire a prompt-based technique to consider both short-term and long-term temporal dependencies. That is, we add uh, another feature named H, uh, uh, written as the H prompt. And this prompt, um, th this prompt is concatenated to, uh, to, the, to the node feature. And this prompt guides the models to predict the confirmation at t plus delta ti. So it, delta ti can be any integral numbers uh, larger than zero and smaller or equal than uh, t minus one. So you can uh, use this prompt to uh, indicate that the model can predict instead of rather the next next time frame or time, um, time step, you can predict 10 time steps uh, after or after or 50 time steps after. Um, and last, we also perturb the in input confirmation with a little noise at each time step. That is, we add a random Gaussian noise to both the ligand and the receptor's coordinates. Uh, this noise perturbation has, um, has some theoretical and empirical spots. First, from the theoretical side, the denoising diffusion framework is strongly connected with the enhanced sampling method in molecular dynamics. Uh, enhanced in, in, in the enhanced sampling method, the energy is injected into microscopic system to smooth biomolecule potential energy surface and decrease the energy barriers. Uh, secondly, from the empirical side, a simple noise regulation has, is proven to be an effective way to adjust over smoothing of G graph neural networks. Um, this is, this is pr uh, proven in the noise node, proposed in the noise node. Uh, uh, a paper, a conference paper uh, um, introduced by Gardewin. And last, from the biological side, the difference between neighboring snapshot is small, as, as I ha have already said before. So the perturbation plays a critical part in preventing overfitting and improving generalizations. Uh, that is, oh, somebody. Uh, yeah, I have uh, two small questions here, like, uh... First, I'd like to know when you run the MD simulation, you take the MD simulation of the protein with the ligand. So where do you, why do you take the ligand there and not just do MD simulation for the protein itself? Um, since here you're trying to pre-train on protein trajectories, so why why have been a ligand there? Oh, we 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 run the MD simulations on the protein and protein ligand complex structures instead of only the protein. Okay, so here uh, the aim is to have something that is uh, a model that is pre-trained to generate an embedding for the protein or for the protein ligon pair? Uh, for the protein ligon pair. Okay, okay, that's something uh, I, uh, I did not understand. Uh, okay, it's clear now. And uh, for another question, like when you add the delta noise, uh, because here you're looking at a trajectory, right? So if you add uh, some noise, then you're at a different point in the trajectory. So I, I'd like to know, like, does um, is the noise that you add much smaller than uh, the the distance 
um, the distance uh, from the trajectory like at a delta t time. Uh, what I mean is like if at the delta t uh, the protein moves by let's say uh, in average uh, one nanometer, uh, and then do you add noise that is also at the scale of one nanometer, or do you go smaller or larger than that? Uh, yes, a good question. It's in 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 fact the sigma the 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 hyperparameters how to determine the uh the magnitude mag magnitude of the noise is a hyperparameter. So you can you can tune it according to the uh model performance. But instead, uh when when the target is a is a long term trajectories, the sigma is relatively large. When the uh when the target is a short term trajectory, the noise should be relatively small, right? Because uh, short-term trajectory, the conformation change is very small, so you cannot add it too large, too large the, the the noise. Yeah, but at each time step, you add the noise. So, uh, oh yeah, well I see what you mean. If delta t is bigger, then you add bigger noise. If the yes. delta t is smaller, you add smaller noise. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, thank you. Okay. Uh, no problem. So uh, the, this is the first talk, and the, the second talk is the protein level uh, snapshot ordering. Uh, the core idea is that we ask models to find the correct order for a set of complex uh, structures we, with which the whole sub, sub, sub trajectories had the greatest coherence probabilities. Um, the task object is that um, we have a set of confirmations. For example, we have, uh, we have confirmations of five, five time steps. And we have some order uh, t. And task goal is that we should find the optimal order t star, uh, which is has the highest uh, probability than other orders. Uh, here we use how to, how to order this. Um, we, we, we just follow ideas from the sentence ordering in natural language processing, uh, named the, the topological sort, sort ordering, uh, a standard aggregation for linear ordering of the, for, of the vertices of uh, directly graphs. Uh, when the number of constraints becomes two, it just just become the the, the task the ordering matter just becomes the next sentence ordering in uh, in BERT, right? Um, in addition to these uh, two pertaining tasks, it is time to introduce the back our background model. Uh, here we use the graph matching network. Um, the we we just inspired by this our backbone is inspired by the independent um e equivalent EGMN, uh e which is used in equidoc um here which it's uh ie gmn extends both graph matching neural network and uh, equivalent graph neural networks it uses both inter and internode messengers as well as uh equivalent coordinates updates here, I do not uh, introduce the details of how this um, network works, um, uh, and I highly recommend you to uh, read uh, the original paper of Equidoc. But here, we can just focus on the uh, on the line uh, in the yellow box. You can see that uh, Equidoc is used to dock two proteins. So the relative positions between these uh, these proteins are unknown. So so the order only use uh, attention-based coefficients to uh, aggregate the messages between the uh, protein and, uh, between the ligand and the receptors. However, in our case, we have some 
in our case, the position relationship between ligand and receptors is uh, is explicit, right? So uh, we should propose, we should design a new model that are able to fully explore information with within cross graph edges. Um, in EquiDoc, it assumes that fully connected edges between the protein and the ligand. But in our case, the edges can be can be clearly defined by some distance threshold, uh, distance cutoff, or by k nearest k nearest uh, k nearest neighbors. So our modification is very small but intuitive. Uh, is that we add some we add a new term. Uh, also in the yellow box, the phi d to int to integ uh, integrate the distance edge, the distance information, uh, namely the cross graph edges into the our um, into our graph neural networks. And then the model input and output is represented here. You you um you feed uh, the node features, the coordinate the coordinates of both ligand and receptors. You can output some future confirmation node features and the coordinates. So uh, the, uh, the above is the technical part, and let's go to the experimental part. Uh, first, we uh, let me introduce the pre-training dataset. Here, we use the PDB for AMBO program to prepare the, the PDB files uh, downloaded from the RCSB. Uh, and the 60 files are manually inspected by a pharmaceutical expert uh, at MindRank AI to determine whether they are suitable as protein uh, ligand complex models. And as for the computational cost, it takes about um, an RTX 3080 GPU, uh, roughly 20, 20 hours to run 100 nanoseconds per complex with the periodic foundry condition in the NPT ensemble. And it will resu result in uh, 10,000 steps per com complexes. Um, and here, notably, we only use the pocket part as model input uh, instead of the entire protein in ProteinMD. Uh, for the there, there are two major reasons. First is that the pocket is the most crucial region where the protein interacts with the ligand, and it undergoes the most violent spatial change during the interaction process, and it can reveal enough information about drug binding. Uh, the, uh, another reason is that the pocket is much smaller. And it contains far fewer atoms than the integral protein. Uh, so the training, the pre-training um, speed is significantly fast. Um, up here we choose two downstream tasks. First is the uh, binding affinity prediction, uh, which is the mainstream task and is very uh, well known. We just predict PK and will K is the binding affinity in molar units. And we uh, use the same setting of the atom 3D with weight protein ligand complexes such that no protein in the test um, has more than 30% per sequence identity with any protein in the training data set and resulting some in the speed of chain validation tests to these numbers. And the second task is the ligand efficacy prediction which is a binary um, classification um, task. And the models predict whether a molecule binds to the structure will be an activator of a protein's function or not. In other words, we just uh, uh, forecast whether the molecule bound to the structure is can activate the protein or not. And uh, we also used uh, the same setting of atom 3D. We split the complex pairs by protein target. Uh, so the result, mis-result is 
posted here, and we can find we report for the binding legal affinity prediction. We just report the results of uh, both linear probing, probing, uh, and fine tuning, and it can be found that ProtMD achieves the lowest IMSC and highest Pearson's and Pearson's correlations in this talk. And also interestingly, that structure-based methods generally supports the sequence-based and the surface-based approaches. And for the ligand efficacy prediction, uh, our model also attains the highest AUROC and AUPRC. Uh, in so, uh, apart from the main experimental results, a reviewer in our paper, <laughs> when we submitted this paper to advanced science, asked that how can this our model work on predict structures? I believe this question is worth investigating because, um, as you can see, that all previous evaluation is implemented on experimentally no complex structures. But when we uh, deal with um, real world applications in industry, and experimental structures are not always accessible. So some uh, in silicon glocky algorithms are adopted to predict mining poles. Here, we just uh, used uh, Equidoc, the best uh, model at that time, uh, to quickly locate the binding sign and the ligand points and orientation for all test samples in PDB. But I know that we did not use, we used the uh, experimental complex structures in the train for training, but use the uh, the the predict structures as the test. And we also delete nine unsuccessful jogging pairs because the distance between the legal nanoceptor is too far. So there is no part that ex, uh, exists. And it re the results shows that the generalization of our um, ability of our um, ProtMD is strong. Um, besides, uh, we believe that the decrease in the performance majorly comes from the inaccuracy of the structure prediction matters. Mm, namely, Equidoc have the Equidoc, the, the, the Equibind, the Equibind uh, has a very high ligand IMC of 8.2 on average. Uh, so perhaps a more accurate uh, docking algorithm is preferred, but which is out of the scope. Right. Of our scope, we just focus on, on, on pre-training. Um, the second interesting point is that we should, we want to quantify how our model learns the correlation between MD acceleration and drug binding related properties, right? Uh, in other words, why our self-sufficed learning mechanism is beneficial for downstream tasks. And it is, you, if you remember, our prop MD performs transformers, our Begumon models perform transformers, transformations on both node features and the 3D coordinates. At the pre-training stage, 3D coordinates are used. And at the fine-tuning stage, the node features are used and participate in acquiring the properties of the receptor pair. So it is motivation for us to explore, explore the relation between the outcome 3D coordinates and the properties like binding affinity for our ProtMD before fine tuning. Here, we compute the average predicted spatial shift between the input and output 3D coordinates. That is, we want to quantify how our model predicts the protein and the ligand will, 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 uh, will change, how, mag, how, 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 how uh, mag, magnify it will change. And the result shows that the a negative correlation between the 
spatial predicted spatial shift and experimental binding ability. This aligns or, um, or in other words, accords with, with the biological and chemical um, bindings, dominologies. Um, because ligands with good initial binding modes are uh, tend to stay stable during MD simulations. So this um, this probe shows that our mo our model uh, our proto MD uh, correctly learns the correlations between MD simulation and drug binding resistant properties. Um, the uh, we also investigate that how many trajectories does our um, uh, proto MD need. Uh, it is notable that we only use 60 proteoligand pairs, but it shows unexpected generalization to all three K samples in PDB bind. Um, so we infected in, in inference of the number of protein samples of the, on the performance in downstream tasks. And it can be found that for linear probing, trajectories of more complexes is of little benefit if the number exceeds 50. 50. But for fine-tuning, more trajectories are promising to enhance our model. Uh, at last, I want to show the ablation study and the visualization um, of our model. And it can, it can be observed that both self-supervised learning tasks contribute to the efficacy of learned representations. And the noise check and the prompt check uh, are very useful for linear probing than fine-tuning. Um, uh, in the of two two plots below, we envision the representations by mapping them to the two D dimensional space by PCA and the Tisney algorithms. And even without any information, uh, our run the representations uh, follow some kind of patterns that is strongly related to the drug binding related properties. Um, um, finally, I want to introduce three of uh, three potential research directions of the uh, of our future work, right? Uh, first is that uh, from the data side, we can use um, we can use a, a initial molecular dynamic simulations for pre-training models, but it will take more combinational resources, conventional costs. And you can also devote more uh, GPUs to generate trajectories of uh, more uh, complex structures. Uh, because as, as we demonstrated before, that more complex can lead to better performance. And the second one is that from the architecture side, we can develop more advanced heterogeneous geometric graph neural networks. At last, uh, is from the biological side, we can design more robust uh, technique to, um, to, to those non-experimental conformations. Uh, thank you. This is my representation, and uh, this is my email for uh, for international friends and my WeChat for Chinese friends. If you have any uh, uh, any issues, want to communicate with me? Yeah, thanks a lot for the presentation. I think it's uh, very good. Um, it's uh, really nice to see some uh, models that are like really based on the physics of the protein and not just pre-training on a uh, language model, for example, and tricks that were uh, beneficial in, um, in computer vision um, or in uh, language modeling. And uh, I think like seeing uh, this correlation between number of proteins and the, the performance uh, shows us that like right now, the only reason your method is not 
performing uh, so much better than everyone and it's just like a bit better is because they have millions and millions of data points and uh, here you're focusing only on like 60 proteins. Um, so I'm really eager to see like what would happen uh, in the future uh, if we can scale that up. Um, if you go on the, the slide where you discuss the number of proteins in MD simulation, I would like to know uh, how many protein ligand pair there was, like for each protein, how many uh, pairs did you use? For, for uh, each pair, how many traject yeah. how many time steps? Uh, no, not how many time steps here. Uh, basically, do you have only three thousand samples? Like, uh, so yeah, the downstream six... tasks for uh, for the downstream tasks we only have um, three. We 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 only have three hundred uh, three thousand and five hundred as the training, uh, which is mined from the PDB bind. Okay, and uh, for how long were the simulation ran? And uh, uh, do you think that longer longer time simulations would be beneficial also, or uh, this is the enough to 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 get the uh, to Yeah, yeah. In in fact, there uh, I think as for our non-initial uh, molecular dynamics MD simulations, uh, I think maybe the one hundred uh, nanoseconds is uh, is is enough, but for of the initial MD simulations, it must take longer, right? But I'm not an expert in these areas. So the, all the MD simulations are run by the company MD uh, might rank AI. So I just uh, proposed, uh, uh, I, I just uh, respons I'm responsible for the uh, deep learning side. Okay, perfect. Um, thanks a lot for the answers. I have a few more questions, but I will first uh, ask the audience if they have any question related to, to the work. Okay, thank you for listening. So if, if there's any... anything, uh, please raise your hand or write in the chat. Okay, I guess I can ask my questions then. So, um, if you go on the plot where uh, you show the correlation between um, between the, the distance, uh, I think the previous slide, yeah, this one, predicted change in position and experimental binding affinities. Um, so here it's, uh, how do you get the predicted change in position uh, is this uh, by running like the entire MD simulation with the, the prop MD? Or uh, is it only for uh, a few time steps? Like how many time steps do you need to, to have this predicted change of position? Uh, in, in, uh, as far as this one, we just uh, uh, predict, uh, you feed the, uh, the, the complex into the model and predict uh, how um, um, how large the spatial shift is. So th there's maybe no time step. Uh, oh, okay. You 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 mean the prompt the the prompt? Uh, which 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 sort of prompt you given to the model? Does it predict? Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, I'm asking when you uh, do the predicted change in position. Uh, yeah. How many, like, 
do, do you only look at one time step with prot MD? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, in, in this, in this, uh, in this analysis, we just ask the model to predict uh, the confirmation in just uh, one time step. Okay, in just one time step. So it's very interesting because it shows like uh, if on one in one time step only there's a lot of change in position, then it means it's not uh, locked in place correctly and uh, doesn't have a strong binding affinity. I, I would have expected to see more time steps as well. Uh, that, that would have been super interesting to uh, to look at, like whether one time step is enough to, to see the change or uh, whether more time step give you a stronger correlation. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, no, but I think it's uh, uh, the the the, the the x axis is uh is magnified by some some uh, constants so to to make it larger instead of <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one qu question in the chat. Chat board is that the uh the doctor Ma asked uh, would this model be beneficial if chained on protein itself? Mm, uh, I I. I'm not sure, but some some companies in China has uh has reached out to me and they want to do some do this to transfer the our protein MD to protein protein molecular dynamic simulations. Uh, you know, as as you see that we only do protein or uh protein small molecule uh simulation, and then they want to do protein protein protein, and if we train only on the protein itself, uh. I, uh, I think, I think some some I, I think the the insight should be related to your downstream task. What 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 information you want to you want to capture? In in our case, we want to capture the the the, the confirmation change, the flexibility during the binding process. But if you only have one protein, uh, you may you 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 don't have the interactions with other. With other molecules, so your 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 uh the goal of your uh of your task should be uh, is definitely different from ours. So I I I cannot figure out currently, but I think you might uh, take a try in your specific problem. Yeah, uh, maybe Shuhao uh, would like to um unmute himself and ask the question or. Um, he says, I am thinking of how residues interact within molecules. Like, uh, I guess, so why, uh, uh, go ahead. So, so if you want to, uh, uh want to, uh, understand how they interact with molecules, why not just to do, to, to uh, follow our patterns instead of chain only on the printings? Itself. Uh, uh, the question okay, was it's residual rifle, right? It's in the residual rifle. But yeah. you, I, you I just think, uh, uh, so, Sorry, I think the question is about uh, the residues of the protein itself. Like, um, I'm not sure I understand exactly where this question is headed, but perhaps like um, one thing about the question could be like, can this be used on the protein itself just to do a uh, protein model that competes with ESM, for example, like um, instead uh, just having a pre-training 
to generate an embedding of the, the protein. Um, yeah. But ESM is a sequence-based model and it, it, it do not explicitly encode the, the 3D uh, geometry, right? Yeah, it does not encode the 3D geometry. Uh, the question is uh, whether this could be used to replace ESM because ESM is used also uh, to to do um, uh, to to do binding predictions, so like could yeah, you yeah. use this instead, um, like or can you use this molecular dynamics to learn things about the protein that are not captured by ESM? I know. Uh, perhaps my my answer may may not be correct, but um, from the deep learning. Um, Deep learning side, you can just build the residual level graph and the atom level graph, residual level graph for the protein and atom level graph for molecules. So, uh, so the for the residual level graph, the uh, the 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 graph neural networks is can can be can be well trained if you maybe I do do. Do I express my my idea uh, clearly? Just to separate these two. In, in our work, we just just use the atom level graphs for both ligand and receptor. But if you only focus on the residual level, you just build a residual level graph for proteins. All right, that that makes sense for me. Um, is there any other question from the audience or? Uh, show how if you would like to uh, give more details, so feel free to to unmute yourself. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, I was thinking like um, uh, your model is also a residual level, right? Uh, I'm thinking like uh, if this model can be applied to kind of generate residual level like embeddings, so that we can kind of like uh, the scenario I'm thinking about is. Like after the protein binds to like certain molecules, there are like um, interactions between residuals within the protein, which kind of like um, give rise to some changes in terms of confirmation you know, state. Um, like, uh, do, do you think your model could do some like? Um, like this kind of task where, um, like for example, allosteric effect, like when uh, a protein binds to a molecule, it, it can um, undergo a certain conformational change. And then, um, and then if, um, is it possible that this pre-training network can be applied to that kind of scenario? I believe so. I believe so. If uh, if the conformation change follow the physical rules, just uh, like the Newtonian rules, uh, I think the the um the conformation flexibility uh, information uh, can be can be can be generalized to your task learned by in the in the preceding stage can be can be transferred to uh, to the downstream task you describe. 